to the Holiday Survival Podcast. My name is Erin Billings and I am your host. The holidays can be the most wonderful time of the year or they can literally be the worst. My hope is that this podcast series will be a resource for you to not only survive this season, but thrive. Over the next couple of weeks, we will be sharing episodes on everything from how to navigate relationship challenges to how to set boundaries with family, friends, and colleagues. We will also be talking about how to find joy in new traditions and why prioritizing your values during the holidays is important. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Holiday Survival Podcast. Today, I have a amazing guest. I cannot wait for you to hear from her. The holidays wouldn't be the holidays without having to deal with toxic people. Look no further than Christmas movies to make my point. Just look at Christmas Vacation, Christmas with the Cranks, Four Christmases. And those are just a few off the top of my head. We all have those movie-like experiences in our own circles, which is why we need to have this conversation. And so today we are going to be chatting with Stacy Sanderson, narcissism expert and registered psychotherapist. Stacy, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Please introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, so that our listeners can get to know you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Stacy Sanderson, and I'm a registered psychotherapist in Ontario, Canada. For over the last 15 years, I have been researching, but more importantly, been in many conversations with people who have been affected by narcissism. And it was a focus of my graduate work. And now it is something that I am deeply steeped in every day. And it was exactly 10 years ago that I wrote my first blog about navigating the holidays with toxic families and narcissistic individuals. Well, could not have picked a better guest for this topic, then you'll have to send me the book link so that I could put it in the show notes for everybody to check it out. You know, toxic is a buzzword that we hear in our culture a lot these days. And sometimes I think it's overused and not everyone using it actually knows what it means. Can you define toxic for us? Sure. This is really interesting. So the formal definition of toxic is poisonous, but... It now includes in the official definition a reference to a toxic relationship, which is very harmful, unpleasant, or pervasive in an insidious way. So I thought that was a really interesting definition. So indeed, it's a buzzword. And the key thing is to recognize whether someone is really being toxic or if it's, it's the perception of the other person, right? So just because I might feel hurt or maligned or dismissed, that doesn't mean the other person is toxic, right? We have to have a level of discernment around it. It's also not technically a clinical word. It's more of a lay use of the word. It's not something I would use in a a clinical document. But the way I think about it is if a, a bit of oil spills into a river, that's a, a, like motor oil, for example, that's a drop that spreads out into the water affecting the ecosystem, right? Slowly but surely. And this is the same way that toxic people are. You know, they're like these drops of behaviors, harmful behaviors that trickle out and affect systems, whether that be a family or an organization. 
And so this can influence relationships. It can influ influence uh, family cultures and organizational cultures. So these are folks who work with a bit of a blind spot about how their behaviors influence others. And um, it can become quite systemic, as I said, over time. So examples are and are not limited to gossiping, sniping, microaggression, microrejection, triangulation, smear campaigns, attack campaigns. Harassment, of course, is a form of toxic behavior. So anything that one person does that influences everything around them in a negative way can be toxic, right? And if it's chronic, we're allowed to have a bad day. So this also needs to be something that's more chronic. I've heard it talked about in a way where it's like a cancer that spreads. Yes. When we refer to certain types of narcissism, we use the word malignant, right? Oh. Which is that reference to that spread of that emotional energy or that attitude or really it's fear, right? That is, that goes with it. But that term can be used a bit more clinically. Actually, I don't think we use it enough, right? Because it really captures what's going on uh, with those power dynamics or abuse of power dynamics. Right. I think it's safe to say that we all have toxic situations in our life, whether it's the holidays or not. But I think these situations become amplified during the holidays mm -hmm. because we end up having to spend more time with the people that are making these situations worse. What advice would you give to someone that finds themselves having to spend quality time with toxic people? Yeah, great question. I think we all have to do a bit of self-inquiry about what our own toxic behavior can be. I can be a bit perfectionistic around the Same. holidays, so, it, right? And so that can be something that I have to keep in check. You know, if my level of stress around things being a particular way starts influencing everyone else. But it's important to understand the characters that you're going to be interacting with over the holiday season so that you can be prepared, right? And toxic is only as bad as how we take it in, right? If we have a level of control over, you know, who we let influence us, let's say, or who we let get under our skin. So it's important to be ready for that. So just to recap, that's about checking in with yourself first, right? Noticing if you're stressed or feeling defensive or feeling anxious or whatever might be going on that coming up as a resistance to someone difficult you may need to be around. The other thing is to do what I call compassionately detach. So hold yourself in a place of compassion, you know, be kind to yourself and hold that other person in a place of compassion as well, right? How sad is it if the way you respond to the holidays is to be awful and to wreck it for everyone else, right? It's a very sad situation. So that's part of it. And the other one is around boundaries, right? Say no if you need to say no. Avoid someone if you need to avoid them. Limit your time in a situation if you need to limit it. And do what feels best for you rather than focusing on keeping everyone else happy. If you can swing that, right? If you're able to do that. And, and that's going to be different for everyone else. I think that's great advice. 
I know that for me personally, as somebody who has experienced narcissistic abuse, we kind of lose ourselves. That seems to be a common trait of people who have experienced it. And so giving ourselves permission to say no, to have agency over our choices, and even in certain situations, having an exit plan in place. Like I just got done with a big reunion weekend at my college, and there was a situation where a friend of mine did not drive on his own and got stuck in a booth of a restaurant for three hours with people just drilling him in a very abusive way. And it's like, we've got to make plans where we have a way out. If you think there could even be an issue, make sure that you have certain things in place to make sure that you can stay safe. Yes. That's just my two cents. I'm not the expert here, but this literally just happened. Yeah, I think that that's a really, really helpful example that if if you are in a situation where, like your friend, you know, you may be a target for someone else, have a strategy, right? Have a, a second mode of transport, if that makes sense. Or the other thing that goes with this is having safe people, right? Having your go-to people where, you know, that you can go and talk to them and that they're going to be, you know, loving or kind or authentic. And I think that, you know, for many of us, and I include myself in this, if you have a big family gathering that you're attending, this can be a very helpful strategy. As someone who's been attacked twice on Christmas Eve over the past two years, you know, my strategy now is not to go. But, you know, last year's strategy was like the whole idea of find your helpers, right? Go find those people who are loving and who do have your back. So... Those two, like, I think both of those things are really excellent strategies. It's a little sad that we're having this conversation. It's It's sometimes what we need to do. Yeah. When I worked in church, there would be certain people. I had a department of over 500 people. And there would be certain individuals that I did not want to spend more than two minutes at a time with. And I mean, I was a part of the leadership of this department. But there was a thing there that I'm like, they don't feel safe to me. So I had some of those safe people, like what you're mentioning, they knew if they saw that person come up to me, give them two or three minutes and then come up and interrupt the situation to make sure that I had an exit plan out of that situation. Mm -hmm. And we can do that with our family. You can do that at the holiday Christmas party for your work, like Put these plans in place, not only just around the holidays, but in real life. Yeah, absolutely. So to me, that represents a really powerful boundary about, you know, who who you will allow to influence your energy and your state of mind, right? Who gets access to you? And as well, I would add, you know, the importance of being careful with being too permeable with these types of people, right? Don't let them get to you. You know, take care of yourself, breathe, ground, anchor. I talk about this so much that I forget to mention it, right? It's It just comes out of my mouth so many times in a day. But when we're around people who are energetically draining, it's very important to have an embodied 
practice of grounding, breathing, and self-regulating. And narcissists particularly, although other people with character disorders have this problem as well, are incredibly emotionally dysregulated. You might not notice it. It might not be really obvious, but they are. And it is therefore very, very, very important to take care of your own emotional regulation around them. And some people are really attuned to that and some people aren't. But the folks who are more attuned to that do need to take extra care of what's going on for them around certain toxic people. Absolutely. So we've brought it up a few times, but just for those out there listening, you know, narcissism is another trendy word and it's probably overused way too much in society as well. So just so that we have a working definition of narcissism, would you mind sharing with everybody what that is and what is the difference between a toxic person and a narcissist? Okay. So for, I think not all toxic people are narcissistic, but most narcissistic people are toxic. Right. And I think it's important to have that identifier. And I think that all of us can be a little bit narcissistic sometimes and all of us can be toxic sometimes. And there's a healthy narcissism, right? There's a healthy way that we nurture our need to feel special. Narcissism basically refers to someone's need to feel special, but in a way that blinds them or it's a blind spot to how they're affecting other people. And there's a spectrum of narcissism from, you know, the, the healthy narcissistic traits to full-blown narcissistic personality disorder, which is in fact a mental illness, right? right? And it often is concurrent with another mental illness, such as depression, for example. And so the, the, on, the, on the far end of the spectrum is narcissistic personality disorder, sociopathy, psychopathy. And, but there are very few of those people among us. Thankfully, there are many more in the middle of that spectrum. And that tends to be more of what the rest of us encounter, right? It is those folks that may be prone to feeling very envious. They, these may be folks who are very grandiose, but they can also be much more vulnerable. And I think that even those who are described as grandiose are also very vulnerable. You just don't see it in quite the same way. There is a significant empathy deficit, right, to the extent that I think it's impaired and that it's a neurobiological phenomenon. And there's an impairment in self-awareness. So these are folks who really believe a delusion that they've created about themselves and about everyone else. And again, that trait exists on a spectrum as well. And these are folks who can be very transactional, very exploitive of the people around them. And what is relevant as we're talking about the holiday season is that many narcissists can become more toxic during special occasions, especially if they're not about them. So they will, a common thing that will happen is they will either really get sick or they will pretend that they're sick. I hear this a lot. They get stomach aches, headaches. Interesting. Um, they just can't even, you know, they just can't be there. They can become 
very, very, very dysregulated with certain people around them, they're not any less triggered than anyone else is in a lot of ways, if I can use that word. And they can really, I think, vacillate between feeling superior and inferior during the holiday season. So if we think about the Grinch or we think about Scrooge, those are archetypes that describe that type of behavior during the holiday season. Have you ever seen where a narcissist ruins a holiday? Could you give an example of that? Just because I think it would be helpful for our listeners who might experience something similar to be able to say that's narcissism. Yes, this is not to be conflated or confused with if someone is highly anxious or socially anxious or if they have substance use issues, right? Like narcissists definitely it can be really prone to, to abusing substances for sure, but I just want to clarify that. Some common examples would be they, and this is the one I hear the most often, and this happens in couples where the narcissistic partner picks a fight on the holiday, right? So they pick a fight with their spouse. That's so funny, as I say, because that was, that's been me for many years as I, I follow through with a family pattern. They will have temper tantrums. They'll storm out. They won't show. Narcissists are notoriously awful gift givers. So they can choose gifts that aren't well suited. They, I've heard many times about a, a narcissistic parent buying, you know, gifts from a bargain store here in, in Ontario. We call them dollar stores. Um, so those sorts of things, they can make something insignificant all about them. So if they bring a particular dish to the buffet, it's like all about, you know, the time they spent making this particular dish. They can show up late. They can leave early. And, you know, it's as if they're playing out their own drama on the backdrop of this holiday or family occasion. Have you seen anything with regard to a narcissistic parent treating a child abusively? That's a great question. It can be as simple as one child doesn't quite get all of the same gifts as another child, and it depends on the role that that child plays within the family. It can be a child isn't invited or included in a holiday occasion. That's me for the last number of years. It's not that I wasn't invited, but I would be completely left out of any of the plans or the conversations and then be accused of not participating. That's gone on for many, many years where, you know, there's this conversation that goes on that I'm not a part of. And then when I don't, you know, fall in line, I'm criticized for it. It's a fairly common tactic. If that child, be they an adult or a, a, a younger child, if they're in a scapegoat role, a lot of venom or contempt can be directed at that particular child. And they're somewhat, you know, the repository for, you know, all of those negative feelings that the narcissist may have. But I think over the years, as I've listened to these stories, the most common one is not being invited or included. I've seen 
not from my own personal experience, but, you know, other parts of the family, I've seen where a narcissistic parent can use their other children that gives them their supply, use those children as flying monkeys to abuse the others. Yes, very true. That's something I hate seeing it. I hate witnessing it. How would you recommend that the person that is kind of getting the flying monkey attack, kind of like the Wizard of Oz, how would you recommend that they handle those situations? I think that's a great question. And indeed, a narcissistic parent can enlist the help of, of those children that they have manipulated to feel like they're more special. Mm-hmm. And I think that if, if someone is in that scapegoat role or in that target role, they have to make some really difficult decisions about what they're prepared to tolerate. Right. I've been right. there. I've been in that role for a long time. And you, you, you really have to anchor into what you value and what's important to you. So if family is important to you, you know, you may show up and you may participate in an event to the best of your ability, but being very careful about who gets access to you and how much time you spend. Also, environment is key, just like what we were talking about earlier, right? You need an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And, I think that's great. Yes. And you need to say no when it's appropriate to say no. And the other thing I would say is anyone who's in a scapegoat in, in, in a family, be very careful about the information you're sharing about yourself. Be very discerning about, you know, who goes into that inner circle of people that you trust, because probably the way that flying monkeys are employed the most is in, is in eliciting that kind of information, right? Getting the, the personal stuff. They use that information against you. At least that's been my observation. Yes, they use that information. Yes. Well, Stacy, yeah. I love this conversation. I could talk to you all day, which she and I have done an episode for my other podcast, the Touchy Subjects podcast, and that was about spiritual narcissism. So go check that episode out because it is a phenomenal episode. But We have the Holiday Survival private podcast, and you are going to be doing a talk on there. Would you like to share with everyone what you plan to talk about? Sure. So the the platform of the talk I give about this, you know, kind of like I I joke and say that it's my seasonal fireside chat, right? So with my (laughs) imaginary brandy and cigar. But this is something where I like to be landing in a little bit more joyfully and being a bit more lighthearted about this because narcissists are thieves of joy and joy is our most powerful boundary to have, right? Being in a place of contentment, happiness, joy, peace is the best boundary we can possibly have. So the talk is about what to expect from difficult people during the holidays, but also how you have a plan to prepare for that, how you balance out those things you're doing that are really depleting with things that are really nourishing, and how you take the time to carve out an opportunity to create a ritual or a celebration that is deeply meaningful for you. 
So it's a bit of all of those things that goes into that talk and, and a big focus on boundaries as well. Love that because especially at this time of year, we've got to be very clear about our boundaries, not just with other people, but with ourselves as well. So I think that's great. Go to the show notes and check out that private talk. The link will be in there. And then you will also be able to find links to Stacy's website and her socials because you'll want to connect with her, especially if you've experienced narcissism or experienced narcissistic abuse. You're going to want to connect with Stacy because she's amazing at what she does. So, Stacy, thank you so much for being here and being a part of this. I cannot wait for everyone to hear Fireside Chat. That's going to be amazing. I love a good Fireside Chat. So thank you so much for listening and go check that out. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Holiday Survival Podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review so that other people can see just how wonderful this podcast series is. We also have a private podcast series featuring our expert guests where they will be guiding you through this season with their patented methods to help you thrive during what can be a very hard time of year. To learn more about how you can subscribe to the private podcast series or for more information about our expert guests, please go to the show notes or holidaysurvivalpod.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you have a wonderful holiday season.